What's good, y'all? It's Cornell Beer from Underrepresented, the podcast about designing culture. And today's episode is brought to you by The Perfect Match, which is a game show brought to you by Adobe. Live colorfully this month and take on the Perfect Match Mood Board Challenge. Illuminate your skills by designing a brand-inspired mood board in just 30 minutes. Enter your mood board and you can be a glowing contestant on the real-time game show this April and win up to $1,000. And just by contributing by, you know, submitting a mood board, they're giving away gift cards. Last month was a $50 gift card to Starbucks. I'm not sure what this month is just yet, but please check them out. Just bring your dope design skills and take on the challenge at perfectmatch.co. That's perfectmatch.co, not .com. And the Perfect Match brought to you by Adobe. What's up, everybody? This is Calvin Buchanan. And this is Cornell Beard from Underrepresented, the podcast about design and culture. And we have a special guest here today. And that guest is... <laughs> Sabrina Pites here. The one and only Sabrina Pites. She's here to rock with the gang. Um, what's good? How y'all feeling today? I'm great. I'm looking forward to spring slowly getting in here. Warmer, warmer weather in Minnesota. It's playing with us back and forth. It'll be 50, then 30 and snowing. Yeah, so, that April showers thing is real. Yeah, yeah. Um, but speaking of April showers and May flowers, because Sabrina's a, a green thumb here. That's also a designer, um, and I can't wait to talk about Sabrina and her background and uh, plant field stuff and design stuff and all that great stuff. <laughs> but before we dive into that, as always, we got to touch on uh, the music tip. So, who would like to go first to talk about uh, what's in your uh, your playlist right now? Oh, kick it off, Sabrina. What you listening to right now? All right. I've been heavy on um, What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. Like, full album, full run through. Okay. That's been the vibe. Okay. That's way back. Yeah. So I bought it I bought it on vinyl because uh, I have Ooh, a record okay. player. And then I've just been listening to it on repeat, both vinyl and um, on Spotify, too. So... That's the vibe. I dig That's it. Serious on the vinyl, okay. How about for yourself, Calvin? Um, I've been um heavy. I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of Forty Two Doug and T Grizzly. Just a lot of Detroit. Um, Yo, okay. <laughs> so I've just been Forty Two Doug, just out. I've been just heavy on repeat, and then a bunch of T Grizzly when they be a feature or something like that then i jump over to t grizzly i'm just kind of back and forth between some detroit boys right now for sure um what's on my side i don't know i feel like i haven't even been like listening to music to be honest like this past week's just been crazy busy i feel like what comes on is just like whatever my son's listening to at the time so i guess today's been like a lot of like gap band a lot of earth wind and fire um, just like old music that doesn't have curse words or like bad <laughs> messaging. <laughs> uh, uh, that's kind of like whatever my son listens to right now. A lot of like old Michael Jackson too. Um, I did hear that J Cole dropped some new stuff this Friday. Um, I haven't listened to it just yet, but I'm excited to to dive into that. With Dreamville kicking off, they yeah, some new J Cole. Yeah, actually, I think Dreamville, like the fest, is this weekend, right? It is. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. In other news, it's 2022. Underrepresented is doing a lot of uh, new things this year, a lot of uh, 
great new get-togethers and podcasting stuff and a whole bunch of stuff to come. But in the interim, what we got going on is an event slash miniseries called Junior Design Connect that I'm not sure if everyone here knows, but Sabrina and myself kind of like concepted it in real time um, a few weeks back at the AdFeds, uh, the show. But um, we can jump into that in a little bit. But first, we'd like to reintroduce Sabrina because uh, she's been in the podcast before. But um, for those that you know don't know the famous Sabrina, um, <laughs> how would you like to put yourself out here? Yeah, I would say I, I've i moved away a little bit from just being a graphic designer. I think that's kind of my base. Um, but I like to just be more of a creative overall because I love doing a lot of different forms of creativity, whether that be, you know, literally designing things, um, photo shoot, photo shoot styling, art direction, um, I also love art, like doing art projects. I'm very into, you know, a lot of different types of materials and mm. techniques. So I like to just be called a creative of, of all things, really. Um, not be put in a box, if you will. Yeah, no, nah, I feel that 100%. Um, I feel like my title on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn... It's forever changing for that very reason, because I don't want to just be a designer. I don't want to be just a graphic designer. I feel like creative directions like there. It's like art direction. Sometimes it's like apparel. So like, yeah, I feel that 100%. But going back into this season's topic, which is uh, Junior Design Connect, where we're kind of building around, um, we really wanted to dive into, I guess, like your background, Sabrina, and like how you got to, I guess, kind of where you currently are um yeah so I guess do you want to talk about like your design background yeah for sure so kind of like I said I you know I grew up being an artist um art's kind of always been in my family my mom's actually you know her background's graphic design too um she doesn't have that title anymore she's more like higher level um overseeing and such but um I grew around grew up around in that space so it was very natural for me to kind of take that direction for school uh so I went to school at Stout majoring in graphic design um and I actually had a period in time where I was in school we had a mid-program review and I was just like struggling so hard in my professor's program who happened to also be like my advisor and he was like I don't know if graphic design's for you and I was like bet so um of course I finished my program um I would say like turning that into a competition almost like mm, I will okay. succeed um and then I got out of school um and I didn't have a job right out of school, which was so stressful, which like, side note, not necessary to have a job directly out of school. Um, but I did find an internship uh, at Hun Adkins that I did for about four months. Um, and I just worked on, you know, different clients for them, helping them out. Uh, they're a smaller shop here in Minneapolis. And then I um, kind of went on this interim of like no work because uh, my internship ended, I want to say like, 
I want to say it was like end of September. So it was kind of an awkward period. It was starting to hit that time where like people are like getting ready for, um, you know, Christmas time. So they're not really hiring. Mm. They're just trying to wrap up the year. Uh, so I did a little bit of freelance work with Knock actually. And then, um, you know, started having conversations and networking with just anybody I could. I joined uh, AIGA, um, the their DE&I group, uh, which met, which is where I met Heather Olson. Um, and she gave me all the networks and stuff. And so I, I reached out to my, my now, one of my now bosses, um, just like, hey, I'm you know, I'm looking, I'm looking for a job. Um, I'd love if you could look at my portfolio or at least, or just like have a conversation. Uh, so I went in for an informal interview and he was like, yeah, like I want you to meet some more people. Um, and so then, you know, I met like the whole creative director team. Um, and I got a call, like, do you want to work here? And I was like, yeah, I need a job. <laughs> so um, it worked out really well for me because I, I didn't actually apply. I just happened to kind of network my way to finding my job. Um, and then, you know, I've been there since. Um, and then on on top of that, uh, while I've been at uh, Cole McFoy in 10,000, I had the opportunity to connect with Houston White, which got me working on Houston Whites for the Get Down Coffee Co. Um, part-time as their creative director slash designer. So I do I do both full-time job and uh, part-time consistent, you know, freelance work. That's super dope. You got a lot of stuff I want to kind of unpack there too. Um, so <laughs> how do you think your mom being in the creative field kind of influenced your kind of career path, right? Because I think there's, like myself, I didn't even know like graphic design was even a career path until I was right. like four years into school. And I like my nephews and my daughter, like everyone kind of knows that, yes, you can have a career in kind of uh, in graphic design or art and stuff like that. But I wasn't exposed to that and you were. So how can you talk about that? How that kind of gave you some direction early on? Yeah, I mean, I think like knowing, cause you know, I was, I was an artist. Like, I mean, I'm still an artist. Um, I love, you know, drawing painting all those things like that was that was what I did all through high school um but I knew like my since my mom was a designer I knew that was a way for me to continue like my passion and get paid to do it um so it was kind of nice because it was like I knew probably by the age of like 12 or 13 that I wanted to be a graphic designer um because I you know grew up with my mom designing and seeing what she was doing and like always having that influence of creativity like in my household so it was it was a very natural transition for me but I think like another part of that too is like just how important I think like having art programs too because like we had a great art program at my school so I was able to try a lot of different things um at a younger age and like I know not all people get that opportunity so Mm -hmm. I think like also having that outlet in school helped me kind of on that journey as well and you also talk about how I guess networking kind of actually landed you your position I think people don't Mm -hmm. um think about how big of uh big of a part that is and kind of finding open positions positions that aren't kind of fully open or people are even thinking about positions so can you talk about the importance of kind of networking and kind of where you got Oh, yeah. I mean, networking is huge. Like every 
both of my jobs that I have currently are 100% from networking. I did not apply for either of my current positions that I have. So like just knowing people and knowing and knowing people that are going to advocate for you too um, has been huge on my journey for getting to where I am now. Um, you know, like even even just like moving up in positions too, like having networks and people that I know are going to vouch for me has like really, really helped me um, move along. So networking is huge. Like network, 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 right. keep in contact, create a network of people that like are also passionate about what you're passionate about. Like when I met Cornell at 10,000, like we both just happened to be you know, really into and passionate about things around celebrating culture and celebrating the people. Um, and so now like we continue, we have this continued collaborative relationship because of that. And I just think there's something really great about finding people that have a similar passion to you through, and that's through networking and just talking to people and being authentic. Yeah. So yeah. it's I like, huge. I like what you said about having people, that vouch for you when you're not around or like advocate for you when you're not around. Cause I think that is something that's very important. <clears throat> I think going to networking events and like connecting people are, that's cool and all, but sometimes it's like a lot of those relationships feel very, very transactional. But when you can actually right. connect with people on a real level and share something that's a little more uh, like intimate, I feel like naturally when they're in other environments and opportunities present themselves that relate to whatever you're pursuing it seems more like oh like uh calvin is doing this thing and maybe he might be a good fit for it versus the other 100 designers or creative directors that you've come across in your you know passing but that person that you actually have like a a genuine connection with is the person that comes to mind first um yeah and if, i really i guess i haven't really thought too much about that but it's uh, very important i feel yeah i was yeah, gonna just shout out um heather olsen too i know you mentioned her and i know that Heather connects so many different people. Um, yes. She, yeah, she can put you in touch with a, a ton of people and make the connections and kind of get you plugged in and to like everyone, designers, writers, like I said, creators in general. She just knows all the people too, so. Yeah, and I mean, she's just like, you know, an amazing person that is just so happy to help everyone. So, you know, props to her for real. Like she, she's the reason why, partially why I'm here. So shout out to her. Yeah, and I, same thing. I I got my Heather Olsen success stories, too. Uh, yeah, she's a real one, and she's obviously been a huge supporter of Underrepresented since the conception of it, you know, two and a half years ago. So, um, yeah, nothing but for, uh, love for Heather. Actually, she's actually going to be at the Junior Design Connect event. I want to say she's, like, the fifth person to sign up. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, that's how she roll. So I guess real quick, I actually would love to go into this conversation about how we even concepted this idea of Junior Design Connect, because I think that was um, really unique how it actually happened. Uh, I was going at this award show a few weeks back uh, with Sabrina and a few other friends and the gang from Superhuman and a whole bunch of other creators from like local agencies here. And while I was in the environment, I was like doing like the cornell thing right like oh so and so you got to meet so and so and so and so you got to meet so and so and pretty much it's like connecting recruiters in real time to like creatives that are underrepresented 
like in real time and vice versa. Um, and then Sabrina came up and she was talking with her college professor, Nagesh, that he and I were connected on LinkedIn. And he asked if we can come by UW Stout to just talk with students and connect or whatever. Um, and then this idea just popped in my head of like, why don't we just do everything that we're doing like in this real time, as well as like the drive out to Stout. Can we somehow like just recreate that and make an event where we're connecting recruiters with uh, junior designers, um, you know, on behalf of underrepresented, which I think our audience naturally tends to be underrepresented creatives or people feel like come or represent marginalized communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so we literally just put it into action and like, going back to what Sabrina said earlier, this like collaborative um, relationship of like, you have this idea and like you talk with this person about it then they, they build onto it and comes back. And like, now there's this full fledged event that's like sponsored by, you know, a few different counterparts, shout to Carmichael Lynch for hosting and everything. And a few other like sponsors for like uh, monetary contributions. But like this whole thing just kind of like spawned off of like a real time idea. Um, and going back to the, it being like for the culture, right? Can we talk a little yeah. bit about that too? And like why this is important too? Cause I think, um, I don't know if everyone always gets an, and understands like why it is important to have different kind of people in the room and kind of get different perspectives. So you can talk about your, um, your thoughts about that, Sabrina. Yeah, for sure. I mean, being, being in advertising, um, and I know we aren't all in, in the same capacity, but for me, um, I see part of my role being somewhat influential. Like I think in advertising, like as people in that business, we're influencing the general population. Um, So I feel like it's kind of a responsibility to like make sure that people are being represented well. And also that we're seeing more people like more, you know, different cultures and groups of people. Um, So I think like, What's what's good coming from someone with a different perspective is that's something that I'm thinking about constantly because I know that, like, one, when I go into a room, a lot of people aren't going to look like me, and that's something I'm comfortable and in, in used to because that's the environment I've been in for a long time, but not everybody feels that way, so I think it's important having a level of awareness and being someone that is comfortable and pushing for for more people to be seen and um you know heard and potentially like bringing more people in the room um so i don't know if that totally touched on that but like i just think it's really important seeing different you know like bringing those people in that look like us or look like other people of different groups um because we're all thinking about things in different ways. Um, you know, I'm thinking about things in different ways than Cornell is just because like, I, you know, like I'm biracial and Cornell's not. And like, so that's something that I think about, like my perspective from that. Um, and like just being a woman and a man, like there's just all these different pieces and like different things that influence every person. So I think it's really important that we have, multiple uh backgrounds of people because everyone's going to aid in the stories that we're telling so yeah basically to like tell better stories yeah i think representation i don't think i know representation matters um Mm -hmm. especially when we think about the ad agency or like the ad industry and having different 
voices in the room, um, especially when it comes into like this design lens, right? If everything that's created is created from one demographic of people or um, a certain like gender, it it starts to feel that way, no matter how much we want to like do our own research and go into other areas to explore to figure out like, if I were a woman, like how would I design this thing? If I were a black person, like, you know, what would I do? And I think like some of those things just really relate to like your actual life experience. Um, and I think, you know, your story being at 10,000 or being at Call McVoy, it's very important for that work that's being produced out of there, especially going back into like the Houston white stuff and the get down coffee shop that, I can probably 100% say, like, if you weren't there, that that work couldn't be there, you know? Like, it, yeah. yeah, I just think, like, because of, like, your experience in life, you can tastefully go about creating that work. Yeah, and I mean, like, one thing that Houston's really big about, not to, like, get too much into that, is, like, cultural collision. And, like, a conversation that I've had with him personally is about, like, my identity is literally, the like, the cultivation of different cultures coming together. So it's it's an interesting, you know, way to think about it, um, thinking about how important he knows that is, not only for Minneapolis, but just for, our, you know, for our country, like, because there are so many different types of people, but, like, what does that mean coming from a brand? Um, and so I think like that's something that I can add to brand is thinking about things in different ways because I do kind of hover m multiple identities. Yeah. And even like, I guess like with this, in this topic, a lot of this that we're talking about is from the thought process and not necessarily about the executional side of things. And I think that's a very important thing to talk about um, for designers entering the career field, um, especially when we're looking at people's portfolios and we see like all these crazy UI, UX concepts, these crazy apps and crazy cool design things and everything just feels so flawless and like you look back at your portfolio and you feel almost like inadequate right but earlier in your career like the expectation for you to be like a kick-ass all-star designer that's like taking awards from like all these cool places it's actually not there right the expectation's not there just yet the real value for like young designers entering into the career field that have you know the skill set down is the actual like ideas that you're bringing to the table, right? Mm -hmm. Like your actual life experience and bringing uh, varied perspectives to the table um, that, you know, if I'm a creative that's been in the industry for 20 years doing this thing and you have 20 years of life experience and you've been watching all the new videos, you're up to date on TikTok and et cetera, et cetera your fresh perspective is going to bring so much value to our environment. And I just hope creatives that are entering the career field right now understand that their value is rooted within like their actual brain, not necessarily like their skill set just yet. I think that's a big thing too, right? I think um, people think about experience, but also being younger in your career, that youth and that energy, those are things that you've like, those are people who kind of grew up on social media and they're like, a big kind of push for social channels to improve themselves. There's for digital platforms to improve themselves. And these people who have like grown up on these platforms and in this digital kind of world, they have a better understanding than um, like myself, a 40 something year old kind of creative director. And if you are a 22 year old 
kind of junior designer kind of coming in, you have a different way of seeing this stuff. So you're you bringing fresh ideas and that kind of energy to something is something that is of value to us. Um, that's what we're looking for in interns and junior designers. And that's, it's always great when those kind of individuals kind of hit our team, when we get like a fresh intern in, because you can kind of see how people start thinking differently about stuff because everyone's kind of soaked into or seeped into a brand so deeply that they can't think differently about it. Or you get like fresh eyes on something and like people who aren't kind of confined or constrained to what this brand has done in the past. It is pretty exciting to kind of see the work that comes out of that. That's so true, especially with like brands that are can be really rigid mm-hmm. like having someone come in and they're like well, what if we just try this thing and you're like oh gosh like I don't know. <laughs> they're probably gonna because you know like when when you work on a brand so long you're like oh the clients are gonna shut us down they're gonna be like blah blah, blah. like you're internalizing how mm-hmm. they're gonna react before it even happens but if you don't have that like aged perspective you're just like well let's just do some crazy stuff um so I think that's a great perspective that's been that comes in with you know younger talent. Yeah, and I think when in that final stretch of like college, I know for like my when I was in school and like that last year, my core design professors were like constantly on us to like uh, look at the places that we want to work at and start to emulate like that aesthetic right like we want to work for nike and then like ui ux department to like go make some like fake retail stuff up and like build out like a ui ux app or whatever um and like i'm a firm believer of those things but also going back into this like idea part is like you know do something crazy right like even if you fully can't execute on those ideas right now if you can get that concept into the world and like actually eloquently speak about what this concept entails and like what you wanted to do with it i think that's very very valuable one of my like my favorite projects i've ever done was like a concept called one love which is just like a celebratory event for like the jordan ones and when i did it like i didn't really know like adobe xd or figma or sketch i didn't really like know animation too well but i thought the idea was so great and i think it's the actual project that got me like my first job um even though it wasn't like the best design thing it was more so just like the idea behind it i think that's a great that brings up a great point like being able to speak to your work not just like produce the good work but also be like let me sell you this now because like you do kind of have to sell it. You have to sell it to your team and then you have to sell it to the clients if you have clients or you have to sell it to higher up people if that's, you know, if that's your chain of of people. But like if you can't talk about your work, how are other people going to know what's going on? You know, we're my, selling ideas. My favorite person in the entire universe that speaks about their work or just work in general and just the greatest fashion ever is DQ, uh, which is a designer that works with us, Sabrina over at 10,000. Um, just, I don't know, being able to like bring excitement and a story to a, a project, right? That could be as simple as a poster. Like, why does this poster exist? And to be able to get somebody on the opposite side excited about this poster, even if it's just a smiley face on a poster, right? Like if you can add a narrative to it, um, I think there's a there's a book it's like called like brand storytelling or something like that, but I think it's perfect where you can ab- 
a good way to learn how to talk about your work eloquently is to build a narrative behind it and mm-hmm. to tell that narrative for the work and it naturally just comes out in a better way. I think that's true. Um, I challenge my team with that at times. Like people will send over work and it kind of, it doesn't have a framework around it or any kind of rationale. And I'm like, change this and change that and change this unless you can convince me otherwise. And like if you have, like I said, if you have a story to tell or you got a narrative behind this of why you made some choices you made, leave it alone and we can go and we can send this over to our uh, business partners and we can, uh, like Sabrina said, you can sell this work. I'm right behind you. Um, but if you can't give me a reason why this thing should be a different whatever different font or different typeface or different color or something like that um and it's like i i, I don't want to change it sometimes i want them to challenge me i want them to come back like i would love to change this calvin but here's why we can't change this um but if you can't give me that rationale i'm like it's kind of like okay then it's gonna get switched out but yeah i yeah I, you gotta be able to sell some work and talk through some work and while you're making the decisions that you're doing too so so at what point sabrina for yourself did you find yourself no longer like just designing things at work and you were somehow like also supplying copy or creative direction or like even like the ideation side? Cause design in it's like simplest form is you kind of just like using visual elements to solve a problem. Like where did you find yourself becoming more of a creative overall versus just a designer? Right. Um, honestly, I think like I've, I'm a very conceptual person. Um, and even if you go back in like my college work, everything is very based on like a, a much larger idea than the visuals. Um, so it's it's always been about the story for me. Um, so I, I think that's a piece that has always been a part of my work, but like the longer the longer I've gone, you know, in my career, um, I think the more people have been receptive of like, oh, okay, like, yeah, she, she can bring some ideas. And so, um, you know, my first year working, I would say I did a lot of very straightforward work, um, which is, you know, part of your kind of your entry into your career. Um, so I knew that's what I was, I was expecting that. Um, but I always would find ways to, kind of have bring out that conceptual side in work where I could um so my my way of doing that was just getting involved with our inclusion council um and doing conceptual um work with that so whether that be what kind of events we're hosting around different topics or like what are the visual storytelling happening there because there was no there was nothing there to kind of like restrain me there was no brand like brand restrictions or anything so I was really able to like continue to celebrate and explore like bigger ideas in that way um and then the you know the longer I kept going the more I was able to get into projects where I was able to conceptualize more um and I think that really started with photo shoots um and just being as simple as like thinking about like you know has this type of person been represented in this type of photo shoot so like an example um was we were shooting some project uh, products for heyday uh, specifically in like a more of like the sports side so like stuff to help with like running or 
you know, like like a phone case that you could use to run or something. And I was like, well, let's show, you know, like let's let's show someone that's Muslim, a Muslim woman in this situation because I've never seen that. Um, so just thinking like like bigger, like thinking bigger than like okay, what could you like? Here's what you could just do, but like let's do more. Um, so so going back to what I was saying, like I just kept kind of pushing where I could um and now I get to do it more frequently just because of like where I am and like now you know I have that like okay she can do this so let's put her on this kind I of love project. that that's kind yeah. of my default when I go I know my team probably gets sick of this because my default for images it always ends up being like a older black man um <laughs> so like all, like all the work kind of starts off there because like people's like a lot of default people usually get they usually pick up like um like white families for stuff and mine's is like usually default older black dude and i'm like <laughs> does this fit the context of what we're talking about and it does most of the times but i like that you said like you're thinking differently about the people who are being included in the photo shoot so you go muslim woman like who else needs to be represented in this stuff um and i think that again if we don't have the right people in the room who aren't asking those questions then you don't get that person in those photo shoots or you don't get that kind of stuff when you're looking for casting calls you end up getting um again generic kind of families that people feel like is representative because it feels like them if you don't have those kind of diverse individuals in those rooms yeah right and i like the takeaway that i had from what you said about uh you found yourself becoming more creative when you're able to like follow your passions right that like your passion for working with uh the inclusion council and doing some of those projects where like they weren't really for anybody other than like actually like yourself in that case that Mm -hmm. it started to unlock more doors right like somehow like your passion unlocked your potential to like go and become a bigger creative that can do more at the agency right um -hmm. and i don't know i feel like there's a lot of value in that of like whatever you're passionate about and really going crazy in that environment going crazy and like get those ideas out try some really off the wall stuff because it's the things that you can spend you know an infinite amount of hours on and be you know happy and content because you're following the things that you're passionate about versus uh when a dry client may come with some like dry work and it may be very tedious type work for the next you know two weeks it's hard to really find your uh drive in that right yeah i mean it's just like for me it's always been like finding it where i can um knowing that it's not going to be everywhere but like even the projects that are tedious and not exciting like that's all temporary you know everything that's like things that need to get done that's just temporary work it needs to happen you kick it out you know you get the job done and you do it well but like all of that stuff is steps towards like getting to the work that you want to be doing so like you got to take those steps you can't skip over like the stuff because that's that's still giving you technical skills and mm-hmm. other things um so it's all important but just like not letting go of what you're passionate about i think has been like my biggest helping piece because i'm like well i want to do this stuff so i just found ways to do it um where i couldn't and now i get to do it on bigger scales for you know bigger projects because i just kept doing it when it didn't matter you know in in places where it was like i didn't have to do it but i wanted to so i did 
can you talk about a time where you, I guess you brought a new or different idea to the table um, and you kind of had to really fight for it? Was there anything that um, you had to kind of really battle to kind of get across? Yeah. I mean, I think um, there was a project that we were, we were doing. Um, I can't like totally talk about it cause it's still in the top secret stage. <laughs> um, but um, I was working on this, this one project and it was all, you know, it was, it was supposed to be celebrating culture. Um, and I was really pushing for different ideas, some knowing that it was going to push this client too far and some that I knew was going to be a safe space. And then I knew that another one was going to be like, you know, not as much. But before we reached that process of getting to the client, I felt like we were starting to lose some of the culture aspects that are really important conversations that needed to be had, um, like around culture, uh, specifically like black culture and like how, how that would exist in this brand specifically. Um, so I had to, you know, I had to kind of like be like, Hey, like I want to talk about this. Mm -hmm. So my team ended up having, we had ended up having like an hour and a half long conversation about like the importance of this, and like why we needed to have this conversation and it was really productive and I think it went really well and I feel like my team like had a great opportunity to like think about things um and think about like what are we doing like when we when we do xyz things what's what is happening um and what are we losing by not having this be here and I know that's like super vague um but like Basically, I had to push to have hard conversations with my team, and I was super nervous because I was like, I don't want to come across like I'm like, screw you, we're still doing this thing, even though you killed it. But like, I knew that it was a conversation we need to have, we needed to have, so I just had to push and hope for the best. And luckily, it went well, and I actually got good feedback later on about, you know, pushing for that conversation. So That's awesome. Yeah, I think that kind of echoes what Calvin just mentioned, right? About him and his uh, his team over there. That if he challenges something, like he wants that that fight back, right? Like someone to, you know, challenge him back. Like, well, I did this for these reasons, and this is why I feel like it matters. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's about. I think, and I think also choosing your battles at the right time mm-hmm. too, because mm-hmm. um, you can't push back everything. Like some things, like. You just need to, you know, trust your team. But like, there are times where you're like, okay, I think, I think I need to push on this. Um, so, not fighting everything because you don't want to be that person either. That's like constantly like, no, I want it to be this way. Like, you can't be super rigid. Also, yeah. Well, I think a lot of this goes back into like your experiences and like, does the work that you're creating pertain to an audience that you feel like you resonate with and if the other you know other counterparts on that project don't necessarily resonate with that audience it's actually almost your job to step up and say like the reason why i did that are for these reasons here and being like an ally for that community at that moment um if it's just you know this company always uses this color typeface for whatever reason and you just love blue for some reason, like it's probably not the best <laughs> time to argue <laughs> yeah. something. But right. if you feel like you are within the LGBTQIA 
you know, demographic and the work that's being produced for that audience and it's not actually aligning with the values from that demographic, it's probably behoove you to like actually step up and, you know, talk more to it. So Yeah, I do like that point though of like every hill is not the hill you have to die on too. So there are things that all right, sometimes you gotta get some work done and out the door, but there are some things that you feel passionate about. And other times you want to make sure that you do get your point across and make sure that people know you feel strongly about something too, though. So I like that. So I know that uh, we have hard stop time today, but there is one last question I really wanted to talk with you about, um, and it may be a long answer, but with Junior Design Connect coming up and it being geared toward, um, you know, college students, but the reason why it's titled Junior Design is because like, college isn't necessarily like the only places to actually find great talent right like there's other designers that are just interested in the field and they probably attend a youtube university or have been just grinding it out on an ipad or in some cases even like a mobile phone <laughs> uh but going back into like your like last year before becoming like a prof- professional designer what are some of the things that like you you know focused on or some of the things that you started to create with the idea of like a career in design on the horizon? Well, that's a good question. Um, Again, like I have, you know, I've always been creatively passionate, you know, just in all the different art forms, but also have been very interested in talking around identity for a long time um just because of the environment that I grew up in I always I I never really looked like anyone for most of my life um so I really focused a lot of my final projects around having conversations about identities uh, whether that be your hair Uh, my senior project was all about like how like how do we how do we have things for different hair textures? So I like had this whole app idea that was supposed to, you know, build communities for people that have similar hair textures so they could talk products and X, Y, Z. So I, I was I was always thinking about identities in different ways. Um, and also like another project I did was like a fake project with Target, like celebrating biracial identity. So I always knew like I wanted to be in that space. And so I made it a priority in my projects. Um, But then I also found a way to connect that to real clients. So like, what, what is that client version of this thing that I'm passionate about? Like I said, with target. Um, So that's kind of, that's kind of what I did in prep for that. And I think that's a big reason of how I got my current job, um, but also some of the freelance work I did prior to my job, um, because I was thinking about how does Target collaborate with different groups of people and what would that look like, knowing that Target is a big client here in Minneapolis. I love that answer. Well, Calvin, do you have any other questions at all for Sabrina while we have her undivided attention today? I don't. I don't have anything else. I want to thank you again for coming out to Underrepresented Podcast. I know you've been here before, so thanks again for the time. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, always a big thank you. And we're going to revisit this conversation here about you joining the UR team because we really would love to have you on the family family. So. Yes. But uh, 
as always, you know, we love y'all. We appreciate y'all coming through to listen to the podcast today. Junior Design Connect, Carmichael Lynch, April 21st, 5.30 p.m. Show up, show out. It's going to be crazy. Um, I heard we got Carl Anthony Towns, Paris selling in. We got... I'm just playing. He's not really pulling up, but no, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a vibe though for him. We got uh, some dope panelists signed up. We got uh, Milton Un, a great designer here in the city, as a panelist. I know Sabrina came through with a few connects. I think that they're still uh, finalizing things, but they're gonna pull up. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm excited. It's gonna be a, a, a vibe. <laughs>